We're so glad that you're listening to the Branches Podcast. If you're in the Houston area, we'd love to see you in person at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more information, go to brancheshtx.org. We hope this message helps you draw closer to God and that you hear the good news that you belong. Thanks for listening. After he said these things, Jesus went out with his disciples and crossed over to the other side of the Kidron Valley. He and his disciples entered a garden there. Judas, his betrayer, also knew the place because Jesus often gathered there with his disciples. Judas brought a company of soldiers and some guards from the chief priests and Pharisees, and they came there carrying lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus knew everything that was to happen to him, so he went out and asked, who are you looking for? They answered, Jesus the Nazarene. And he said to them, I am. Judas, his betrayer, was standing with them. And when he said, I am, they shrank back and fell to the ground. He asked them again, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus answered, I told you, I am. If you were looking for me, then let these people go. Every year in Good Friday, uh, in Holy Week, someone asks me before we get to this day, and I had the conversation today, what's good about Good Friday? Why not somber Friday, or dark Friday, or sad Friday, or just holy Friday? Or maybe if we kind of balanced it like our Jewish friends do with like the bitter and the sweet and the light and the dark, we say, you know, uh, ambivalent. Friday, (laughs) torn between two worlds Friday, one or the other Friday, life and death Friday, human Jesus Friday, but we've chosen good Friday. In first century, that's what we've called it. It's, It's not good Friday because it's this happy day, it's good for another reason, and we're confronted with it every single year we come to this day. And I've wondered it myself, and though I, you know, we have these pat answers we might be given, or we have these explanations we could give to somebody about why it's good, it's good because Jesus died for your sins, and of course we want to say that it's a good thing, but in the stories we read of betrayal and mistrust and of violence, it's not all that good. And so because we inevitably come to this day together, Uh, I'm reminded every year of how I want to respond and how I want to respond faithfully and what it means for people in Christian religious practice, what we should do when it comes to this day and how we should endure it together. And I'm reminded in its simplicity of a children's book. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. And in this story, in this bear hunt, there's this cute illustrated family looking for a bear and they're going after the bear. And as as they look for the bear, they come up on these kind of natural obstacles. A plain like that's just all mud or a forest of impenetrable trees or something else. And they they say they come to the mud and they say the kind of rhythm, the the cycle of the book is, well, we, we can't go under it and we can't go over it So we have to go through it. And then it's very cute. They go through the mud and it's like these like noise words of like they're squelching through the mud and they go through it. And they face their next obstacle and they can't go under it and they can't go over it and they have to go through it. 
And it, it seems so simple to me, like that's what Good Friday is. There are these, these peaks on either side, on these two Sundays, on, on Palm Sunday, the celebration of Jesus coming into the city victoriously. Look at this guy. He's going to save us from everything that's ever hurt us or harmed us. We're in oppression. We're in an unjust society. Jesus is going to deliver us from that. Yay. <laughs> and then we could skip the rest of the days. We get to the next Sunday and Jesus is alive and he's glowing and he's back with his disciples and he's ready to ascend into heaven. But, but, but inevitably... Even if we did that, even if we went from one Sunday to the next and didn't hit Good Friday, there's some little obstacle in the middle. There's something we trip up on. There's something in the way that, that, that we can't go under. And we can't go over. And I'll, I'll add to the book, we can't, we can't go around it. We can't circumvent it. We can't explain it away. We're confronted by it. We, we can't go under the cross. We can't get lower than the cross. Deuteronomy talks about what, what Jesus endured on the cross centuries before he endured it. And it says this, uh, that someone who hangs on a cross, if that's their punishment, if they hang from a tree, they're cursed. And we read in the New Testament, Jesus was a curse for us. And some of the early Christians, actually some of the people that encountered Christians early on in this movement, thought the same thing. There's this like really cool uh, piece of graffiti, one of the earliest depictions of the crucifixion. Uh, it's called the Alexa Minos Graffito, probably from the second or third century. And you can see over there a very poorly drawn piece of graffiti uh, of a man looking at this figure on a cross with a donkey head and some kind of uh, inconsistent uh, Greek says something like, Alexa Minos, this guy, worships his God. So somebody saw their friend, Alexa Minos, great name, uh, worshiping this God, worshiping Jesus as God. And they're mocking him. It's like, what a silly God. A God that was on a cross. A God that, that was weak. A God that was cursed. You can't go under it. <laughs> For, for Christians and for, for people from the outside looking in, it's like, how low could you possibly go? He was a criminal. He was betrayed by his closest friends. He died a horrific death. You can't go under it. Well, likewise, you can't go over it either. When we're singing it in these songs and we read it in the Psalms together that, that, that Jesus uh, bore this divine name, that he was beautiful and lofty, and high, and he's the, the king of kings, and the lord of lords. You read in this story, actually, that, that Jesus is confronted by these religious authorities, and his disciples, and then one of his former disciples, Judas, and they ask him, they, they, they ask him, he asks them who they're looking for, and he's, they say, Jesus of Nazareth, and he says, in some translations, I am he, or in this translation we read tonight, I am and for the hearers of that, that was a familiar set of words together. I am. In the Greek, ego, I me. I am he, it's me. I am. That's how God identified himself to Moses was Moses saw God in the burning bush. You go and tell Pharaoh that I am. That's why they, they, they fall down on the ground. They're like, are you really saying what I think you're saying? <laughs> that you bear the divine name, that there's something divine and special and powerful about you, the son of a teenage mother, the, the son of a carpenter, 
this wayward man that wandered around with 12 of his friends saying that the kingdom of God is at hand. You're saying that you bear the name of the one who burned in the bush and, and delivered the slaves out of Egypt. Ego, I, I, I me, I am he. You can't go over that. Jesus is claiming something really lofty about himself. And the way he's enthroned is not on a big uh, ornamental throne, but on a cross. And then uh, for me, it's, you can't go around it. Uh, there's a scene in Arrested Development. Um, probably never heard that referenced on Good Friday, but here we go. Where uh, maybe uh, one of the people, one of the characters on the show, she's trying to get close to her cousin uh, and he's dating a Christian girl. And so she wants to kind of be in that circle. And she says, do you know where I can get one of those lowercase T necklaces? And her uncle, Michael, says, across? And she says, across from where? <laughs> uh, it's unavoidable. It's in front of her. She doesn't understand it, but it's there. And we see people wear them. Maybe you're wearing one tonight and we see one behind me and we see them all over the place, especially these days during Holy Week and leading up to Easter, the cross, and you can't get around it. You can't shake it. And I can speak from experience, no matter how many times I've tried to shake Jesus and shake the cross and say, I want everything about him, his moral teaching, his ethics, his justice, who he says he's going to be in the future. I don't want that part of him though. And you can't go around it. Reminded of this, this story that from 2013, there was this, this boat of about 500 migrants from Libya uh, and the boat capsized and not many of them survived and they actually, the, the boat then its remnants washed up on the beach of this island south of Greece. And there were these uh, pieces in this, this artist named Francesco, not a Christian, was given these pieces to make art from it. And he's not a Christian and he said, this is the only thing he could think of to make with them. And at this memorial, memorializing these people that had perished in this horrible accident, uh, Pope Francis held this cross. You can't get around it. <laughs> that even somebody for whom the cross has no religious or spiritual significance beyond the fact that he knows about it, can't get around it, that even in the, the deepest, darkest place of suffering, the cross is there. And even in our, our highest understanding of what it means to be a good person, the cross is there. And even in our deepest darkness, the cross is there. And even in our highest heights, the cross is there. And we can't go under it, we can't get lower in it. And, and, and we can't go over it, we can't go above it. And we can't go around it, we can't shake it. So on Good Friday, when we hear this story, when we're reminded of who Jesus is for us, we go through it. We step in the mud. We muck through it. We let it cover us. We let it shape us and form us. We, we let it change how we smell and how we look and how we act and how we conduct ourselves and our opinions and our outlook. And we say somehow, some way, Christians want to believe crazily, wildly, that their God, hanging on a cross, went to the lowest of lows and the highest of highs in that. And with him, because we might want to follow him or he's compelling to us or there's some glimmer or something we, we want to hold on to or just simply by the fact that we just can't shake him, we can't go around it, we got to go through it. It's commonly said, there is no resurrection without Good Friday. There is no recognition of who Jesus is without his scars. There is no new life without death. And so, not to smooth it over or to speed up or fast forward to Sunday, we go through it. I have a friend, Adam, 
his brother just passed away. And uh, it's a hard season of his life. He's a pastor too, and so he's observing Good Friday tonight too, and he has Easter on Sunday as well. And Adam always told me, and I haven't talked to him about this since, but I, I, I can't shake it that he told me in kind of preparing for ministry, um, if you want to be closer to Jesus, be closer to people who are suffering. And so I'm thinking about Adam tonight. And I'm thinking about our friends in Nashville. And I'm thinking about people in our city right now who, though the weather could just be a mild inconvenience for us, is earth-shattering and life-changing for them. There are people who are facing injustice and oppression all over the world. And people like those immigrants from Libya, are, their, their boat is capsizing. Or people's lives are falling apart. And because people want to follow this guy that was mocked in the first, second, and third century, and was enthroned on a cross, and draws us to himself by this symbol, the symbol of curse and humiliation, because of that, people want to follow him. We draw in, we're drawn into that too. We're close to that suffering too. We step into the darkness too. The cross isn't a means to avoid <laughs> this darkness and suffering in the world, but a magnet, a force that draws us into it, uh, that we can be instruments of healing, that we can be people of peace, that we can lift up the lowly, and that we can arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, with eyes turned in the same direction, look out on the horizon and see, even if it's just faint, even if it's a pinprick in a dark room, that this cross, this humiliation, this darkness brings new life and is the start, is the seed, is the spark of light. Can't go around it. Can't go over it. We can't go under it. So today and tomorrow, before Sunday morning, as people that want to follow this guy, let's go through it. Let us pray.